0: I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Her Story, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today, I have with me the absolutely hilarious Ashley Lysden. How are you doing today, Ashley?
1: I'm so good, and I'm excited to be chatting with you, Heather. It's been forever.
0: I know. Thank you so much for joining us. So, As we record this, we are in the thick of COVID-19 quarantine. How are are. you
1: holding up? Well, Um, I'm doing well. I feel fortunate uh, because I'm currently working virtually for most of the daytime. So that's Mm -hmm. great to keep me busy. Um, However, I'm yearning for some sort of you know, human interaction outside of just my cats and my partner. Um, they're great, but I I would really just like love, you know, like a hey or whatever. (laughs) It feels it feels crazy walking down the street and like purposely avoiding people, things like that. So I'm I'm ready for that to be done, but I'm willing to do what it takes to like, you know, stop the curve, flatten the curve, stomp the the
0: curve, whatever we're (laughs) saying. (laughs) What have you been
1: what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Um, I'm a project person. I'm always trying to get as many projects juggling in my hands as I can. So right now I'm I'm working on putting together like a little EP back and forth with my friend. We're back and forth on GarageBand going, sending our tracks to each other and adding each time. Uh, so that's been kind of fun. I'm like painting these little wooden houses. They're not even birdhouses. <laughs> They're just... Like small houses, I saw at Michael's and was like, These are so cute. So, I've been like doing weird things that like people who live in basements do. So, um, yeah, just like random stuff. I've been also trying to stretch a lot. Like, I've been really trying to get back my flexibility from my younger years so that I don't age into like a decrepit um, person. So, yeah, Yeah. I've been doing a couple different things, you know. So, into
0: your into your comedy have you ever felt like people don't take you seriously as a woman in comedy i know that seems like an oxymoron like serious and
1: comedy but yeah no i know what you mean though i think that being taken seriously in comedy as a woman is no harder than being taken seriously in anything else as a woman, yeah. truthfully. Um, and I don't I don't mean that in like a deflating way, I just mean like in any opportunity or situation that you walk into, like being a woman, I feel like there's always this like obvious, uh, this could work against me sort of thing going on. Um, but yeah, I've definitely found myself in situations where, the object of what we were doing was so that everyone could participate and for some reason like because the room was mostly male like being able to nudge in there without having to actually physically nudge in there was really (laughs) difficult um and i did you know go i i took an improv class at one point where i was one of two females and the other female really just had poor attendance (laughs) and so i was often there um And being the only female in the class, which is totally fine by me. I'm, like, very – I can stand my own. Like, I don't really mind that. However, when you're the mom for the 15th time – because you're the only female or you're the yeah. girlfriend or you're honey, I'm back from the gym or whatever, you know, you start being like, wow, am I, is that what all you see? Like, is that what you see me as? Is that my function in this class? Yeah. <laughs> be a Coach, a teacher, a lawyer or whatever. And for some reason I have to keep being a cheerleader and I, I don't even <laughs> give off the vibe of cheerleader in any sense. So there are moments where I find myself being like, wow, like how have they turned my uh, womanhood into a disadvantage. Um, but I really do think it's like all about playing with it and, and like reestablishing like whatever character you want to be. I think that's, what's cool about
0: mm-hmm.
1: being a female in comedy. Like it's comedy, so you can protect yourself always, uh, like with your, PO- like with your strong point of view and with basically just having the attitude that everyone can kind of fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when did you decide you wanted to be a comedian?
1: Um, I, so I kind of always loved performing and I did a lot of dancing and that's how you and I met, which was so cool. And um, I did a lot of singing. <clears throat> and then when I got to college, I sort of like felt myself wanting to perform, but not having any outlet for that, that kind of satisfied the urge I had to do so. So I did like a little bit of radio, I did a little bit of singing, stuff like that. Um, And like anytime I could host something, like just random things I could do to be on stage or holding a microphone, I was kind of doing. Um, But I had a friend uh, approach me when I was in college my junior year. And she was like, hey, the Second City Touring Company is coming to Norman, Oklahoma, which is where I went to school and she's like i think you'd really like them and you should go see them it's like second city or it's like a saturday night live kind of comedy and i was like i've never heard of them but you know i'll check it out so i went online And I truly had never heard of the Second City. And I uh, went to buy tickets for this touring show and they were all sold out, but there was a tab that said for college students. And so I clicked it and was like, okay, I want to do this. However, (laughs) I doubt they'll accept me. And literally by a miracle, they just picked me to go. Uh so before I would say like before my senior year of college, like I was certain I wanted to do comedy. I went, I did that program and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna finish school, like I'm gonna stay in Chicago. My parents were like hilarious, you're gonna have to finish school. <laughs> so that's good. Yo, already, <laughs> you're already a comedian. That's so funny. Um, but so yeah, I would say like when I became a senior year in college, I was like confident I at least wanted to go try to be a comedian. I wanted to like go learn more, go to school, go take more programs, stuff like that. So I didn't know, and then, all of a sudden was very like confident that I wanted to write on I, like, it. I literally had no clue, and then was like, boom, right, when I needed to figure it out, I figured it out. so uh, that's to be the for dream. There. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right
0: Were you nervous doing
1: your first standup show? Um, yeah, the first time I did stand-up, I was so nervous. I remember I like went to Target to like buy a good top to wear because I didn't (laughs) want to wear something I didn't like and I wanted to feel totally comfortable and I wanted to look cute but I didn't want to look like I was like overly trying and I didn't want to (laughs) look new but I also knew that the second I got up at the mic I'd be like I'm new like this is my first time (laughs) Um, so yeah I, I remember being really nervous not because I didn't think I could do it just because I was going with a huge group of people I knew. And so I think the pressure of being with people I would continue to have to be around afterwards, even if I tanked was like a lot for me to try to process. (laughs) Um, But it ended up going totally fine. And I like immediately was like, oh my God, I could do that every night, like that was so fun. Um, So I ended up being fine. And after that, I really haven't had any sort of like stage fright surrounding performing by myself. But that first time was very like gulp.
0: Can you compare that feeling after finally completing that that first show to anything else you've ever felt?
1: Um yeah, I would say I think that's something like I love so much as a performer, like the ability to recreate that feeling over and over and over again for yourself, um, with like each challenge or like each different role or opportunity. Like every time I do a comedy project or a show or a film a digital short or write a comedy song, it always has this like a satisfying factor to the ending like to to making that final product like right. having that thing in your hand at the end of it or having that clip to show or you know having the audience energy as you're like leaving the stage or whatever like they all have their different elements of satisfaction I think and so mm-hmm. even like you know when I was dancing I would find that same nugget of satisfaction sort of um mm-hmm. so I think like all performance for me kind of um, has the ability to give me that feeling, and I think that's why I keep doing it because I want that all the time.
0: <laughs> it's a, that, a, that, that high. Book. It's like that
1: runner's high. Yeah, for sure. Or <laughs> like drugs. Or like dangerous things. Um, yeah. So <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> so. What um? What's your writing process like? My house is like littered with Post-it notes like all over the wall, just strewn in no particular order. I'm very, very, very scatterbrained. Like everything is like a million miles a minute with me and I have no desire to organize anything. So I realized really early on, like if I don't put it out somewhere, I will forget it, lose it, put it in a note in my phone, never to be read again. I have probably like 35 notes like that have been touched in the last 30 days that I don't know like what's on them. Um, But if I don't write it down, I like can't stop thinking about it. So I started putting sticky notes all over the place. And as I see them and uh, get the idea in my head to click, I will take it down and write it right then. So I'm kind of like, doing a process of elimination of my ideas at all times when I get it, then I can pull it down and execute it and then move on. So, and if I look at it a million times and I just don't like it, then I rip it off the wall and throw it away and never think about it again. So that's kind of my early stage writing process. And I'm really, I like to get it all out in one go. Um, A lot of people are like, divide it up, chunk it out, sit down, work on it, you know, sleep on it. I'm really like, the funny only exists for so long. Like, I really want to capitalize on what I think is funny, like right then. And so as soon as I look at that idea and I'm like, oh my God, that's a joke, then I just want to get it done. Um, and then from there, yeah. I'll like continue to refine it before I have to perform it, whether it be like that night or like the shower I have before that show. I'll <laughs> work on it and make some tweaks and stuff, obviously, to make it sound like the best it can. But it's really <clears throat> more for me about getting it out as fast as I can to be like as true to that original idea.
0: Mm-hmm. You have a show called Boy Band the Musical. Yeah. How did that come to be?
1: I love musicals I always write like written music and I've always liked to choreograph things so for a long time uh, a goal of mine in Chicago was like you know after I do some solo shows after I do you know all the improv classes I want to do and whatever I want to put up a musical and I had seen um now it's fleeing my mind hold on one second um, <laughs> what is? It's like turn it up to eleven. Um, the documentary. It's about a band and blah blah blah. I'm just, whatever. Anyway, sure. I saw this documentary and people are gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe she cannot name this. But um, I was watching this documentary about a band and I was like, man, bands are so funny and boy bands are so funny and I started like just reminiscing about that time where you could get like Smucker or Smackers uh, Chapsticks with all the different sync members on it, all that oh, stuff. And I was man. like, oh man, you know, it'd be so funny. Like some sort of like weird, like drag. And I love dressing up as a boy and doing comedy. So I was like, if I could get an all-female cast and we do like insane harmonies like that are good, but about stupid stuff <laughs> and then we dance and we dance Together, but badly, and like everything started to be like, oh, this is so fun. Um, so that's kind of just how that came about, and um, I, like I wrote it in probably like two weekends, and I was like, it's done. Like I'm ready. I want. I want to put it up. I want to get it. I want to get it going. How many times have you been able to put that show up? So it's about to be. So before COVID, it was about to be going into its third run at the Annoyance Theater here in Chicago um, on their main stage. So we had a uh, one uh, run of it last year um, in 2018, and then we had a 2019 run into 2020 and then we'll have that second 2020 run hopefully when we get back up and running so Mm -hmm. yeah so we're pretty much running at the annoyance for now uh, and so we don't know how long but as long as people keep coming so you have to go
0: yeah oh we'll definitely uh put a little something in the show notes or something about it or in the post that i make (laughs) exactly the documentary is called spinal tap spinal tap okay there we go wow that just came out Of nowhere into your brain. I know. I was like, okay, (laughs) got it. Found it. (laughs) Little Stanley in your brain went and drew it out of a a file cabinet. Exactly. Um, Is there a comedian that inspires you right now?
1: Mm, I love Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader. I like his like Oklahoma roots to not really like knowing what he was doing to being a weird comedian to doing like sad, happy indie movie things. Like I just love that sort of career trajectory, really. Um, <laughs> I also, like, I'm a huge fan of Tina Fey. Like, obviously, I just, like, I love 30 Rock so much. I just she's think... Such a good she's writer. So or just... I think Catherine O'Hara is, like, one of my favorite people at the moment because Shits Creek is so funny, and I w- I'm watching it for the second time. Uh, yeah, I'm really learning to, like... Or I'm trying to learn from the generation of comics a little before... My time right now, <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. trying to learn from the comics that are like kind of ending their careers on really high notes, and I'm like, what are they working on? Like, what did they do after SNL? Like, what did they do mm-hmm. after all that stuff? I like to kind of look at their careers, like Fred Armisen, like these people who continue to make this work that's like pushing themselves and challenging their skills and stuff. I'm so into mm-hmm. that. So I like I like all those people I just mentioned, <laughs> and more.
0: Uh, and more. Probably so many more. Um. Oh. You have a background in dance, like we've yeah. mentioned. Do you think that that is transferred over to comedy in ways aside from bad dancing
1: in your yeah. uh, boy band musical? Yeah, that's funny. Because um, that definitely did help with that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the discipline of dance is just like something I've never experienced anywhere else, like in any office environment and any, like any sort of job and anything. I've never experienced that level of discipline. I've never been held to like that expectation really. Um, And I continue to hold myself there, I think, um, because now it is just this like desire I have, like I want to be on time and I want Mm-hmm. to work extra and I want to help uh, with the costuming and I want to you know like make the full vision come to life um, and to do it efficiently and like to care about it and I think that's something that dancers do so beautifully like there's so much detail in everything they do like every stitch every position every line every everything is so taken care of and I think a lot of times um, in other, performing arts I've been a part of, or in other, just any arts I've been a part of, there's like this sort of disorganization, lack of management, like lack, lackadaisical approach, like a little too loosey-goosey for me. And so I love that I can bring that uh, strict sort of dancing background with me wherever I go and give myself that structure. Um, I've always really appreciated that, I think.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Have mm-hmm. you ever, have you ever been disappointed with yourself after a set?
1: Oh yeah. All the time. I think oh. <laughs> if I, if I don't have people like busting an absolute nut, I'm like, <laughs> not like pleased. Um, which is not fair. And I, I shouldn't say I'm disappointed. I should just say I'm underwhelmed. I'm like, Uh, of course, I could have managed that performance. Like, of of course, you know, I'm in this year of doing comedy, this many shows deep, this many hours into this. Of course, I did a good show. I don't want a good show. I would love this to be like an amazing show that I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes. I think anyone who performs in front of people just knows the difference between like, that was really good. And like, I was on fire, like, and so that Mm. I was on fire thing like I'm always trying to get that batting average up so (laughs) yeah I'm just like it's never like my boyfriend's always just like you know listening to me after shows be like yeah no really good I just you know yeah just the the small things
0: things." Um, how how do you keep from letting that get to you how do you keep those voices in your head from uh making you spiral down into doubt
1: I try to remind myself that there's something really powerful about the fact that like when you're a comedian or, you know, you're an artist of any kind and you decide to like get up on stage in front of people, um, they have to listen to you. Like for however long you're up there doing your thing, like you you are in command of their attention and like they have to listen to you. And like that's kind of amazing. So even if you suck, like you just made a whole room of people like just watch you. be stuck and struggle and it's fine like I think there's something amazing and like really vulnerable about that and like it can't not be a growing experience like Mm -hmm. like you you can't be all mad about it. Um, so I try to just look at it as like that's hilarious that I just like sucked on stage and made everyone watch me. Like what what a real testament to comedy. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> just the whole situation just like, wow. Oh, uh, that sucks for everyone. So yeah, I just try to not take it too hard. You just can't. Especially yeah. if you plan on performing all the time. It's like, damn, if you take it too hard every time, you are gonna have a real hating sort of energy towards yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going to have they, a dark energy as soon yeah, as you I, like, step on stage. Everyone's yeah, like, you
1: can't <laughs> funny that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: Is there a sense of camaraderie among female comedians or have you felt like your back might be stabbed at any moment?
1: No, I definitely feel a sense of camaraderie, especially in the projects I choose to work On, I mean, I can only speak to, like, the environments that, like, I allow myself, you know, to, like, do projects Mm -hmm. within, but for me, I've had nothing but, like, a a hugely successful time doing all female projects, one, like, boy band, I mean, even everyone from our stage manager to, like, you know, people helping us choreograph it, like, all female, Um, and I think that we, like, get stuff done, and there's a lot of support um, behind everyone, uh, because they're, I don't know. There's just like a similar experience, I think, that like kind of bonds us all together. And like just knowing what it takes to be a female and a performer and this, that and the other. Um, And then I would just say that working with male comics is like anytime they write for a female, there's always this question of like, how would you do that? Like, Like, I I don't I'm open to everyone's work. I would read anything, perform anything pretty much um, as long as it's not like hateful or hurtful. But I'm like, it's very hard sometimes to like understand how the perspective of a woman comes out of the mouth of a man. So it's like, for me, I love work by women and I love the opportunity to perform that. So, and I don't feel that I think any like women, women against women sort of conflict is so funny because it's like, it's comedy. You couldn't pick a more, uh, s- like specific skill. Like no one's going to be me as a comedian. And yeah. I cannot be like, I can't be you. As a comedian you can't be me we have different like senses of humor we have different ways of delivering things like so it's this thing where it's like being against me really is not gonna serve you in the end it's yeah, like it doesn't make yeah, sense the two girls but like we're not the same girl like how would we yeah, yeah. i don't know so i always not <laughs> just like everyone if there's any of that i'm always just like everyone can chill it's not yeah, <laughs> it's not that big a deal <laughs> Everyone loves me after that response. Uh, They love me just being like, just calm down.
0: It's everyone's favorite response. Yeah. So now more than ever, laughter is so important. Have you felt pressure to make content to make people laugh? Or has it been a welcomed challenge?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel pressure right now. I think um, as someone who would not describe themselves as like an internet comedian, I really feel like pressure to make something good pressure to make a lot of things pressure to make something because technically nothing's going on like there are a lot of thoughts of like you know fear of missing out on the time that everyone's doing it like I but I think there's one thing that that I continue to come back to which is like everyone serves their function like I don't like to be tweeting and on Instagram and like stuff like that as much as someone else but uh, I don't have to like I can be making music during this time with a friend and like mm-hmm. doing some more like avant-garde project or like painting or you know just like pushing different envelopes that are like going to help me artistically but not you know something that I'm trying to hang my career on I really try not to function in a way that's like this one viral video could just <laughs> You know, it's just a dangerous sort of thing, but I also try not to be the person who's like, you know, one video won't make a career. I try to live somewhere in the midst of like, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, try to find something you do want to do. So that's where I'm living right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good place to live. Because when you put too high of stakes on yourself, especially, I feel like, especially in comedy, when you're like, this has to be so funny. yeah, It's or not going to be funny. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the support of your friends and family?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I'm really lucky in that my my parents are pretty much like, Oh, our daughter, she can do anything. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as as lame as that is, it is as lame as that sounds. It is so true. Like they they really they met performing like they're really like um they're like hippies turned business people, you know, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. they definitely have mad love for the performing community and have have always loved the way it's instilled a lot of like confidence in me. So I think, you know, and they see me hustle. I think it would be different if I was like, I want to tell jokes, you know, and I moved somewhere and then like, you know, took an improv class and was like, it's okay. But I, I think they see me hustling and they're like, dude, she must really like this. Like, mm-hmm. so any, any opportunity they can find to come up here, like, well, we just, we already saw the tickets were online. So we already bought uh, the flight. So we're, oh, we're they are that. very invested. so it's nice knowing that they like, I can say like, I just, you know, put out a video where I'm like, you know, taking a shit on the floor and they're like, we're so proud of you. Like we love it. <laughs> Too are always like, When are your shows like you're so funny? And I think a lot of the reason they think it's funny is because they not because I'm not funny, I'd like to think it's funny. <laughs> but I would also like to think that watching me, like, I can't imagine someone I know doing a comedy show being like, Yo, you want to come to this? That wasn't someone I already knew from comedy, you know? So I think there's an element of like they get a lot of chuckles out of coming to yeah. see me because they poke fun at me outside of the the context of the show. So anyway, yeah, I have great support.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. So you're, you've you got, uh, you've always got people on your team in the audience, it sounds uh, like.
1: Yeah. And I try to make it not like too obvious. I'm like, okay, yes, there are 20 people in my family in Ohio. You can't all come at the same time or else it's <laughs> Like, you know, it's going to make me look like the only people coming to my shows are just my family. (laughs) We have to get strategic about, like, letting their support shine through, you know? Oh, I love that. That's so funny. Um, What advice do you have
0: for anyone wanting to get into comedy?
1: Um, I would just say, uh, just, like, make sure that you are also laughing throughout the process of trying to become a comedian like it gets very you know this the stakes ramp up really quickly it goes from like i'm just you know doing an improv jam with random people i met on a tuesday to like i'm doing a tight five minutes to try to get this audition to try to get this tv show to try to like change my life it gets like just really quickly out of control sort of and i think like Uh, Just remembering that you've chosen, like, one of the most fun things you could do with your life. And so, like, not letting that element, like, slip away. Like, really capitalizing on the fact that it is funny. And, like, you spend the whole day making funny ideas. So, like, have a good time with that. And if you're not, I think, like, that's when you need to, like, take a break, stop, you know, do something else. Paint the picture, you know, do the stretching. Like, leave the joke writing for a minute so that you're not, like, ruining it for yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have advice for people who maybe write out a joke and then just pick it apart before they've even allowed it to be a joke? Yeah.
1: Then don't edit while you write. <laughs> don't Classic, edit while you don't write. Don't edit while you write where it's like if you're editing, you're obviously second guessing yourself. If you're second guessing yourself, how are you writing with confidence? If you're not writing with confidence, how is it funny? It's that whole Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. chain of events. So it's like, and once you, once you make that first edit, like, it's done. It's like you've broken the seal. It's like now you're like stopping every time you don't like the way that you made you cross your T. You're like, oh God. Mm -hmm. So I think just like as soon as you think you have an idea, like don't hesitate, like just pen to paper and like get out as much stuff until you're like, okay, I literally don't have another thought on this and then pick it apart, then reorganize it, burn it, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you at least give yourself a fighting chance of like getting the full idea out. And like, Mm You're not going to like sequence the joke probably correctly the first time. I think like seeing all your thoughts out on paper and then being able to rearrange and like put the punches where they need to go and put the beats where they need to go and tie it up at the end. And then you start like really, really getting smooth with your transitions and all your jokes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes it that next level of fun. Like I not only wrote this, but now I like put it together in a way that's like got a flow and all this stuff.
0: Yeah. So Before we get to our last two questions, is there anything else you would like to add beautiful thoughts questions where we can find any of your material if you have like a YouTube channel or anything like that if
1: you've published anything. Yeah. um, So you can go to AshleyLeiston.com. It's uh, Ashley, A S H L E Y, and Leiston, L E I S T E N.com. And all my comedy stuff is up there, upcoming shows I put there, video content, podcasts, and um, like show recordings, things like that. So you can check it out there. Um, And then I would just say uh, keep you know, looking for stuff that makes you happy during this time. And uh, I would also encourage people to just support local artists of any kind um, if you have the cash to do so or the heart to do so or the time to do so um, because these people are really trying to make beautiful stuff for the world and they can't if they can't pay for their rent. So <laughs> so please, uh, we yeah. need people that do beautiful things for the world, not just make business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: I ask everyone that comes through the podcast the same last two questions. Okay. First one, what is your second favorite color?
1: Hmm. Blue. Blue? What mm-hmm. kind of blue? Light blue? Right blue? Uh, I would say like a, um, like, is it eggshell blue? Is that what it's called? Or like the really pale, like pastel y sky blue kind of, but like it's more like muted yeah like tiffany blue but not so bright yeah but like kind of in that area why do Mm. do you like that color um it's sweet it's just gentle not abrasive you can put it in any room i'm doing decorating right now in my new apartment (laughs) so i'm like really into like french grays and blues and like oh (laughs) Oh. (laughs) i know fancy i know i know so much about interior design
0: And lastly, what, in your opinion, is the best thing about being a woman? Hmm. It can be more than one thing
1: if you right. got a list. I'm like, wow, everything. The best thing about being a woman, um, women are the most versatile creatures on the planet. Like, we can pull off anything, look like anything, do anything, um, and no one's allowed to question us. And so <laughs> I love that. Uh, just being so versatile. I feel like this cool, like chameleon, like super human person who like, I can cut my hair however I want. I can wear any pants I want. I can wear any, like anything is possible when I walk out my door because I'm a lady. That's how I feel. <laughs> oh Thoughts? man. Any, agree? Agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree with that yeah, girl. Yes. Queen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Ashley. Thanks for having Uh, me, Heather. Of course. You're such a bright spirit. And I can't wait to hear more from you and your comedy and your career. I know you've got a lot of great things ahead of you. Um, and thank you listeners for tuning in again today. Don't forget to rate and review the show. You can send us an email at womenofherstorypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at womenofherstorypodcast. And until next week, be safe, stay healthy, and show the world what you're made of.